Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. You can take a seat, you can take a seat. Praise God. Emma, if you would stay with me, that would be brilliant. Uh, Josh and team, if you want to take a little break, you can. Emma, you can't, but if you guys want to take on some fluids or whatever, you can do that, but don't go too far. Praise the Lord. I was talking to Jesus. <laughs> I was talking to Jesus. I was talking to Jesus, and he told me this crazy thing. He, now, it's controversial. He told me that revivals don't just happen at night. And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, well, Lord, when I travel places, the night service always seems to pop more. And you know what he said? He said, it's not my fault. And, and, and I don't think it's my fault necessarily, or preachers or worship teams. I think, I don't know what it is, but I just, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. But I even know when I turn up for a night session, I'm like, ooh, kumbreshte. And in the morning, it's not that I'm not like that. I'm just more like, ooh, kumbreshte, and I need a coffee. And, and so I just want to encourage you this morning. Uh, this is our last week of, of our work of the Holy Spirit series. And Pastor Rob's speaking tonight, and he's going after some awesome stuff. So come back this evening. But, but drink of heaven this morning. Don't, you don't need me to work you up into a state to receive from God. I'll still do my best. But just receive from heaven. Just enjoy God. I really believe God's going to download something to us this morning. And just receive. And, and, and who cares that the sun's out? God still wants to move in power. Amen. I want to speak to you uh, a sermon uh, called, uh, or sermonette maybe is a better thing. Called, it's in, I think Rob Porter's water drinks are iconic. No, no other preacher I know has the boldness to be mid-sentence and mid-flow and just be like, and then when they were... It's a confidence move. It's a power play. That's what it is. I'm, every other preacher in the world is up here going, when's my moment to drink? Rob's like, I will drink when I want to drink. So this morning, drink when you want to drink. That wasn't planned. It just worked. Praise God. Romans 8. I want to preach to you a sermonette called It's In You. It's In You. Romans 8.11 says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He raised up Christ from the dead, He raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken your mortal body by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Pastor Caleb, I went King James. That's what I did because it just feels more epic. Later on, I've got a half, half. I'm really excited about this. I'm going to read it again because my flow was poor. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. We've talked about this a little bit. The, 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 the Godhead lives within you. The Trinity lives in you bodily. This is annoying to me because it's such a big thought and such a big truth. And so often my actions, my attitudes and my thinking do not reflect a temple that has the Godhead dwelling within it. 
But nonetheless, that's what it says. God dwells in you. You are the temple of the living God. If Jesus Christ lives in you, then who or what could be against you? This series hopefully does a lot of things. And Pastor Rob's going to talk to us a bit tonight about how do we leave a series like this and not leave the spirit, but leave the focus of the series. But something that this series has helped a little bit for me is I'm honestly pretty unperturbed by the season that the globe is in because of this series and because of the written word of God and because of the blood of the Lamb. If God is for you, who can be against you? If the, if the guy that made the planets and the galaxies and eyes, I get tripped out by eyes. I'm like, how do you make that? That's crazy. The detail and the wonder, the finite and the macro, the omnipresent, dunamis, megathos, kratos, creator of heaven and earth, decided to take up residence in you and in me. I'm pumped. I'm so excited because all of a sudden, it's not that we don't take notice of the storms in life like Marco was talking about, but we have a great ever-present help in time of need. So also quicken your mortal bodies. I want to quote John G. Lake quickly. He's a amazing, was an amazing revivalist and man of God. He says this, when the Christian church realizes that they are the tangible, living, pulsating body, flesh and bones, blood and brain of Jesus Christ and that God is manifesting through each one every minute and is endeavouring to accomplish his big will for the world through them, not through someone else, then Christian service and responsibility will be understood. When we understand that we are the gospel message, we are the manifestation of God on earth. We are not God. We are not little gods. We are urban vessels that have been filled with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and with the Godhead bodily, and it comes with a responsibility. It's in you. I don't know about you, but in my life, and my world, I look everywhere else for help. <laughs> everywhere else. And I humbly propose, so do you. Well, how do you know that? Because if none of us did, our church would be like 5,000 people. ha. <laughs> Oh, someone else will do it. Or we look to tomorrow, right? Tomorrow it'll happen. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I'm preaching to myself when I was writing this message. I was like, ah. He's like, I know. Spirit of God dwells in us. And you've got to be, I guess, kind of careful with this sort of, not preaching, but this kind of the revealing of this sort of scripture because then people go, well, hold on, I've got anxiety. I've got addiction. I'm hurting something wrong with me. No, no, we're just all on a journey of, the, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you were, there's justification, there's sanctification. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, you came in your heart, you confessed him in your mouth, you were justified, you were saved, you are going to heaven. But sanctification is the outward work of that justification moment. And sometimes it takes a little bit for those things that are living uh, on land that's not theirs to leave. And that's okay. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about. But can I encourage you that even while you have anxiety and pain and humanity and addiction, you're still a temple for the Holy Ghost. And how does that sit in tension? Huh? Not God. But I know that He uses imperfect people. Why? Because He's used me and He's used you. 
but it still doesn't change the fact that it's in you. Sometimes we actually use our, our, our lack or our sin or our hurt or our pain as a protection blanket from the responsibility that Jesus dwelling in us brings. And we go, oh, well, I don't really want to. And I'm going through stuff. I don't want to be a bad witness. We're always a kind of bad witness. Sorry, I should talk first. I'm always kind of a bad witness because I'm unflawed and it's fine. But God is encouraging us through this series. Yes, He wants us to, man, get drunk in the Holy Ghost, get filled with His Spirit, get a touch of heaven. But it's got to lead to something. I believe that encounters and manifestations with the Spirit should do many things, but two main things. The first one, it should convict us of sin, get rid of stuff in our life that's wrong, and number two, make us all firebranding evangelists. Convicts us of sin. God, I've got to get rid of this. I've got to get rid of that. I've got to stop gossiping about that. I've got to stop binging that show. I've got to, to, side note, I'm working on this meme. I don't know how to do it yet, but about how Netflix is the most like abused thing by the church. Like talk about spiritual abuse. Netflix, every, every Sunday across the whole world, every preacher's like, and if you're watching Netflix, and it, you know, it, or if we're here, it's if you're watching Netflix or, you know, whatever. It's just like the most destroyed thing in the world and we just well we just lift up praise for Netflix and we just ask that you touch it and reach it and help it Jesus did not come to make bad people good he came to make dead people come back to life in Ephesians 2 1 it said you hath he quickened who were dead hath it's more powerful but it just gets me pumped because a lot of my, uh, my Christian walk is sometimes I try and lean into behaviour modification God came that I would be a better person. No, God came that I wouldn't die. I was dead in my sin. I was dead in my transgression. I was dead in my trespass. And then he came and he died on a cross and he looked through the ages on that cross at you and at me and said, I'm going to quicken you. You have he brought back to life. And so series like this, they're not just to make you better. They're to bring you back to life. They're not just to make you feel good. They're to quicken your mortal body. Gets me excited. Thank you for that whoop, Carl. I appreciate it. One of the biggest issues, I think, in the Western church is that Christians just don't know who they are. They just don't know who they are. I frequently don't know who I am because of the ADD. No. <laughs> but I don't, I don't often, because you might go, I know who I am. Your, your theology is revealed in your behavior. So, does your life say you know who you are? Because mine often doesn't. Is that a cat? Can I say that as a pastor? I don't know. Doesn't. Anyone here, life doesn't always reflect that you're the embodiment of the temple of the Holy Ghost. Good, 5% of us are honest. The rest of you, praise God. I mean, we have a church of saints, Pastor Dad. This is amazing. Mentor me. Being facetious to drive home my point. Probably shouldn't do that. It's a bit manipulative. <clears throat> It says in Colossians 2.9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Fullness is the Greek word plioma. You have the plioma of God within you, man. Ben, can you come and join me? Because I'm feeling, I'm feeling absolutely like we need to see heaven fall in manifest power. And I'm just excited. The plioma of God. That verse in Colossians is... It's talking, about, it's talking about Jesus. For in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
but we are likened to Him. And Christians means little Christ. What does it say in the Scripture that even greater things than Him will you do? Have you ever thought about that passage? That passage is offensive. Just track with me for a second. Greater things than Jesus' ministry on earth will me and you do. No, you're not getting it. Greater things than Jesus Christ, who had the Godhead bodily dwelling in him, will C.L. Newton do. The pressure's on C.L., because he like walked on water, raised dead people, multiplied lunchboxes, spat in people's eyes, and they got healed. They, like, he did some crazy stuff. But the pleoma of God comes to his people and fills his people, starting on the day of Pentecost, so that we could go and do greater things than even Jesus did. Doesn't mean we're superior to Jesus, obviously. It means that he was in bodily form, one man in Mesopotamia, ministering for three years. We are a collective body of believers all around the world, filled with the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, filled with holy fire, carrying revival. How exciting and how effective. I think we're starting to, as a church, know who we are. I don't think we're there. You probably could never fully get there, but I think there's layers and levels of understanding, and I think we're beginning to get there. And I think as we follow the prophetic leading of our of our senior leaders and, and, and lean into to, to prayer and fasting and we lean into the work of the Holy Spirit and we lean into our new preaching series starting next week. Tune in. We will begin to, this is what we do. We, we are a Pentecostal church. Can I just talk practically for a second? We are known, like we are, we are, no, we are known, <laughs> it is known. We are known as a very Pentecostal church that loves the moving of the Spirit. But the reason we do series, the reason we lay hands, the reason we do this stuff is not to be Pentecostal. It is not so that we would be known as, oh, it's a spirit church and, and, and they move in the fire of God. And We're not looking for reputation. We are looking for the spirit of God to reveal all truth unto us so we would know who we are. And when we know who we are, crazy things will happen. When we know who we are, as Marco said, God will trust us with finance. God can't anoint the fake you. That's a common preacher's term. God can't also fully anoint you if you don't know who you are. He's not going to be able to trust you with a million dollars if you're not entirely sure who you are. He's not going to be able to trust you with a husband or a wife yet, maybe, if you don't know who you are. He's actually a heavenly father, and fathers are responsible and give things to their kids in due season. There's doors that won't open for me because I'm young and I'm a bit of an idiot, and one day they will open. And the same goes for you. But as we learn who we are, and by the way, if you're 70 in this place, you're still young to God. So there's things that he will reveal. I love how the Amplified says this. It's a very loud translation. Thank you, Kimmy. I appreciate that. It is. It's, it's, it's been amplified. Ephesians 3.19. This is beautiful. Drink of this in your spirit. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, and that you may be filled up throughout your entire being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives. Listen to this man, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. Completely filled and flooded 
I know I talk about my parents a bit, but, I, uh, but they're my parents, so I'm going to... And I'd be saying this if they weren't the senior pastors and they were just chilling in, in, I don't know, the kids' ministry or something. They melded the experiential power of God with the truth of Scripture. And they set me up so well in that area. Thank you. I wouldn't want to reduce it to roles, but I feel like mum was a little bit more of the, here's two cassette tapes, listen to the Bible, and dad would be the one that would sort of model for me. They both did, but you hear what I'm saying? How to worship, how to, how to sing in tongues, how to, how to prophesy. And, and mum was more in terms of the, the parenting of me, more let's get into this Bible story, let's get into this scripture. This, this passage here has been used by Pentecostal preachers to sort of dissuade uh, uh, discipleship. Me and Paris had a great discussion this week about uh, the manifestation and experience of God mixed with the discipleship and the scripture. And we were like, it's just, yes. But our experiences are all different, right? Me and P had a, a quite, a, and many other of us here, had a very Pentecostal upbringing. Very. Praise God, COC, come on. But... No matter our upbringing, no matter what we grew up in, this passage tells us that, and we're focusing on this, so we're not dismissing the word, but it is highlighting that knowledge isn't enough. Knowledge, mere knowledge without experience, it's not enough. Because the experience of the Holy Spirit tills the soil of our heart so that the seed of the word can be planted and so that we can understand it. The Holy Ghost brings truth. I need to keep moving. We're not from here. This isn't our home. How weird, how weird is that? We're not from here. If you're new, we're not a cult. We're just talking about spiritually our souls, heaven and stuff. You know, could be very weird. We're not from here. From somewhere else. We're ambassadors from Jupiter. No. We're not from here. We're from heaven. This isn't our home. That trips me out, man. We, we, we're, we're from there. We're made in the image of God. Our future destination is heaven. Sorry, Fred, North Lakes isn't the pinnacle. It is. Shut up. No, no, stop it. Everyone's like, no, take me out to the... No, give me suburbia. I'm an ambassador for somewhere else. My words and my life carry a jurisdiction of heaven. Your words and your life, they carry a jurisdiction from heaven. But so often our life is in the wrong jurisdiction. It's actually a big deal. I know a little bit about criminology because my wife listens to every crime podcast ever. You actually, it's, it caused issues when there was investigations going on because you couldn't go into another jurisdiction. You weren't allowed. We as Christians do it all the time because we go into the jurisdiction of gossip. We go into the jurisdiction of pain and hurt and, and we're not speaking from this place. Jesus said, Scripture preaches better than anyone. John 6 says this, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When we speak, we have authority. Bill Johnson said a quote that got him in a lot of trouble with the hyper-conservative community. He said, God's words in your mouth are as powerful as God's words in His. Everyone was like, why? Jesus said, you'll do greater things than me. Jesus said that you're the power of life and death, life is creation, creativity. The power and authority of life and of death is on your tongue. In your tongue. 
Do our words carry revival power? Do our words carry authority? Are our words in the correct jurisdiction? Dad told the story this morning. What Neil did, uh, what Neil did when he came up to me and dad and said, it's gonna be all right, was he grabbed the jurisdiction of heaven and he spoke it over us. He grabbed the jurisdiction of heaven And when everything looked wrong and when everything looked like it was in lack and when everything looked like it was falling apart, he said, I'm not from here. I'm not from here. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's going to be okay. Do your words carry authority and are they from the right jurisdiction? Ben, you're already here. I always do that, don't I? I ask you to come, get excited, forget you're here, turn around. I'm like, you're here. Praise God. I'm almost done. The Holy Ghost comes as a dynamic person. Dad touched on this last week. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's a dynamic person. He comes as a fire, but he can come as a whisper. He comes as a flood. He comes as a rushing wind. Catherine Kuhlman used to sit out behind her events and crusades of which thousands of people would come. And her people that worked with her used to say that she would weep almost every service and she would say, Jesus, if you do not come, I don't want to go out there. If your spirit isn't here, I don't want to go out there. She sat in a perpetual place of need. But hold on, Fred. You've said that the Godhead bodily dwells in us. Absolutely, but fire falls on sacrifice. And unless you're the exception to the rule, which I don't think you are, it is so easy to forget that the creator of heaven and earth lives in us. How? Our behavior. Our behavior reveals our theology. So unless you're operating out of that place perpetually, which if you are, praise God, we need to pray that prayer. God, are you here? God, is your anointing here? Am I aware of you? I'm so dependent. You know, I know I'm only young, but for a 29-year-old, I've preached a fair bit. I know what it is to preach without the touch of heaven. I know what it is to be living in a bit of sin and preach. And God's not in it. He's not on it. I'm going to tell you a story I've never told anyone, including my wife. Six years ago, I, six, five, I'm down with timelines. A t- amount of time ago, that was significant, because you need to make sure a story about you not being awesome is fairly in the past, otherwise people will judge you now. But it was a fair while in the past. But I've got ones from last week too. So I started to have doors opening for me. Uh, in the realm of preaching. And I started to see some cool stuff. I started to see demons leave. I was seeing big altar calls. It was sort of at the very start. And I started getting a little bit haughty. It's an old school word, isn't it? Haughty. I started getting a little bit like, hey, this is cool. This is kind of like the Fred Porter. Like people give you money to talk about Jesus. That was rad. I was going to do a camp up at Murrumbidgee. And the Holy Spirit said to me, how do you think you'd go without me? Now, I answered it wrong because we were having a chat and you can be honest with the Holy Spirit. I said, I reckon I go, all right? I know, I know. But what I meant was, I was like, I'm funny. Like, like it's youth, like youth are easy. And he, he literally said to me, I've never told anyone this. He said, do you want to give it a go? And I was like, all right. Hey man, I just, there's safety in the anointing. To, 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 we were having a discussion. God was teaching me something. Oh man. It was terrible. Nothing worked. My flow, they didn't care. 
You are not impressive. I am not impressive. It's the Holy Ghost that's impressive. It's the Holy Spirit that's impressive. Don't get me wrong. You can still succeed without Him. But the reason why when Brad begins to sing and begins to take authority, your skin begins to jump is not because of his great tone, even though you do have great tone. It's because the Spirit of God has rested on him. When Pastor Rob stops his message and goes, I've just got a word, and there's a bit of a bubbling in the atmosphere, it is because he's awesome, but it's not. It's because the Spirit of God's rested and is speaking to him about people. We can take this outside of ministry. Where's David? David's good at his job, but he's better of it because of the Holy Ghost. You might be a great mum. You're better with the Holy Ghost. It lives within you. Why would we neglect the greatest power, the greatest authority on planet Earth and beyond because we get excited with ourselves? I want to tell you, I've never done that again. I've preached subpar before, but I've never gone in going, oh, this will be all right. Even here, even at home, when when mum and dad get me to preach, it's not this right. I'm like, God, I need you to move. I think I can speak on behalf of mum and dad, even though they've been in ministry 40 years, they'll still, before church on a Sunday, be like, God, we need you today. We need you to move. We need your presence. I need to finish. In Acts 4.13, last verse, it says this. It's on you to reveal God, right? It says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Even the world could acknowledge that your jurisdiction isn't about you. You're a tradie and you haven't been to school. You're a fisherman and you haven't been to school. You've been with Jesus. What did we talk about last week? It wasn't Jesus that healed the woman. It was the hem of his garment, but the hem of his garment had been near Jesus. So we get near Jesus. We get in his presence. This is another reason why we do altar calls, fire tunnels, lay hands. Not just so we can be Pentecostal. It's that Jesus would then reside in us and be revealed to the world in us and through us, especially in the unschooled especially in the ordinary. Why don't we stand today? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.